So before Tyler comes up, I'm going to read um, Luke 2, 1 through 21, the account of the birth of Jesus. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you great news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. All right. Thank you, Bella. All right. So um, my family, we celebrated a Christmas today. The reason we did that is because we will be traveling on Christmas Eve and we will do Christmas Day with my wife's family. And um, we wanted the boys to be able to wake up and have the whole Christmas experience at home. And as I watched them do that today, I, I just kind of realized like there are a few things in life that are as exciting as the anticipation that comes with like a really good gift. Right. And I think you don't ever grow out of this, especially when you're young. It's awesome. But even when you are older, that one thing that you're really, really hoping is under the tree or, you know, whatever you do, the anticipation for that thing is maybe one of the greatest like earthly feelings that you can have. Do you agree with me? Right. Waking up and just wondering is, is it there? And I remember doing this and I, I watched Max do this where he would day after day go to the tree and he would like look and examine like gifts. And he's like, yeah, that's a, it's about the right length, width and height. It's you know, approximately 15.7 pounds. Smells about right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. One more test. Yep, wrapping paper tastes just about right for the Indominus Rex Lego set. But we do that, right? You, you all know what I'm talking about. And, and 
those of you who are in high school, you're like, you haven't done that since like when I was really young. You did it yesterday. Before you came here, you were like, I just want to make sure it's still under the tree, right? But we get excited. We anticipate like these good things um, that we are looking forward to. And you always want to try to guess what the president is. But um, even more than that, even better than guessing what all of the different ones are, you're waiting for that one. You're hoping that that one president is under there. Now, if you're spoiled, maybe for you, you're like, I hope I get all of them. Growing up, I was like, I hope I just have the one, right? I know the rest of the things are probably from Dollar Tree. I'll act happy, but I really want the original Xbox. That's the thing I'm hoping for. All right, that came out when I was in like elementary school. And I just remember that year thinking, if that one gift is there, then I'm set for the rest of my life. But um, this is the scene, though, that we're entering into in, in what Bella had read with the anticipation of this gift from God, this, this baby Jesus being born into the world for almost 800 years from what Bella just read, 800 years before that, prophets were saying there is going to be a baby coming and he will be wrapped in these clothes. Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. He shall call his name Emmanuel. And so that's what we're going to look at here for just a moment. And I'll make a few observations from Matthew chapter 1. But the people of Israel, they have been looking and longing and hoping for this good gift. And so when Jesus is finally born, it's quite literally like Christmas Day. Everything they had been hoping for had finally arrived for them. Now, there were some of them who misunderstood the gift. Jesus didn't come and overthrow all the enemies of Israel immediately. He came to actually save them in a different way, not through war, but through his own death. And so some of them got it wrong. But still, for everyone, finally, the gift has arrived. So Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23 gives us a little bit more specifics around the birth of Jesus than what Bella just read. And it says this, starting in verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive to bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. So I have three things, and they'll be pretty quick because we we only have like five minutes. So the three observations from this text I have are this. Number one, God's gift came to us in an extraordinarily ordinary way. So 
one of the common ways that God acts is through means that we can actually understand as human beings, but in a way and with a power that we can't fathom. So what God does in acting this way, doing something that we can understand as humans, but doing it in a way that's like beyond anything we could imagine, is God makes himself accessible. That is, we can understand what God is doing, but he does it in a way that also makes him completely distinct from anything that we could imagine. And so what I mean by that is the mystery of Christmas, right? The mystery that surrounds Jesus's birth is that there's this moment in history and and Bella just read about it in Luke chapter two. And I just talked about it in Matthew one. There's this moment in history where there's this seismic activity happening in terms of God's power being poured out on the earth, right? This cataclysmic thing happens on the earth, this thing that will change everything. And the way God displays this amazing power that's beyond anything we could imagine is by sending a baby to be born in a barn. And so God's gifts, this good gift of Jesus, it came to us in an extraordinarily ordinary way. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit divinely, supernaturally, and yet he was born a baby in a barn. Number two, God's gift came to us for a specific reason. So one of the things that we often do is around Christmas time, we become warm and fuzzy. Everything's nice and lovely, and it's just a great time to celebrate, and that's all true. And, and it's even a celebration of God's great display of power in sending Jesus onto the earth and being born of a virgin Mary and then all of the things he will do. But what Matthew tells us in, in verse 21 is that Mary will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So what Matthew wants us to know is, yes, like there there is an amazing, wonderful, warm, welcoming, loving, powerful display that God is doing here in the birth of Jesus. But he's doing all of that to give us a starting point on our way to the cross. And so what Matthew is doing is he's telling us that the baby came to die that yes, this is, this is a miraculous moment. It's, it's something to be celebrated, but he came for a purpose. And the purpose of the baby being born in the manger is to eventually one day die on the cross for all of those who would confess their sin and trust in him. And so I think the glory of Christmas, one of the, the, the things that we should celebrate during Christmas is that the birth of Jesus is actually meant to be an invitation to receive a divine gift exchange. And, and the divine gift exchange that's happening during Christmas in terms of us and God is God is saying, I'm giving you my son, Jesus. I'm giving you his life. I'm giving you his death. 
And if you will give him your sin, then he will give you eternal life. And so during Christmas, this this glorious thing that's actually happening is this baby that we're celebrating is actually a gift to those of us who would believe. And his death actually means our life. So think with me just for a moment to to kind of drive home this point, because here's one of the things that um, people want to kind of either try to reject or try to make um, a little bit easier of a pill to swallow. They, they say, Jesus didn't actually like have to die for us, right? He, he did die, but he died for everyone, but he, he didn't have to do that. Well, according to Matthew, that's exactly why Jesus came. He, he came for the purpose of dying. He came with one mission to make his way to the cross and to die. So think about it like this. Could you imagine look on your parents' face on Christmas Day, you open up all of your, your presents and for some reason you wanted a Nintendo Switch. You open it and finally the Nintendo Switch is here. And then all of a sudden you yell out to your younger brother, his name's Bobby for some reason. You say, hey, Bobby, go long. And then you just like chuck the Nintendo Switch Bobby catches it and then he throws it back and you guys keep throwing it. All right, so in your parents' terror, they say, what are you doing? And you respond, looking stunned and not knowing why your parents couldn't possibly understand what's happening right now. You say, what? Uh, I'm just trying out my new Frisbee, mom. I just want to see how good the Frisbee flies. And by the way, thanks. I like whenever you're being a smart like I assume you talk like that. I don't really know, but the the point is this. Your parents would look at you and they would say, "Number 1, I think there's something wrong with you." Number two, you're grounded for the rest of your life. Here's the point I want to make. The gifts that we receive are are not just about getting a gift. It's also about using the gift in the right way. So when God gives us Jesus, when he gives us the gift of Jesus for the purpose of dying on the cross for the forgiveness of our sin, we don't get to repurpose that gift into whatever we want it to be. So we don't get to make Jesus anything other than the baby that has been given for the purpose of dying on a cross for the forgiveness of sin. That's the gift that God has given, and that's the way the gift is to be received. And so Jesus is not just a good guy that gave a good example. He didn't come to be the good example guy. He he didn't come to be the guy who gave some suggestions about how we're to live our lives. God gave him as a gift for the sole purpose of dying on a cross for the forgiveness of sin. And so the way we are to use that gift 
is in accordance with the way that it was given. And so the way we should view Jesus is as a gift that was given for our sin. And that should cause us to cry out to him and confess our sin and to trust in him. Number three, God's gift came to show us God's great love for us. So one of the beautiful things about Christmas is seeing the depth of God's love and the links to which he was willing to go to show his love to us. So all throughout the Bible, we have these moments where we see messengers of God. They're, they're typically some sort of like angelic being or a human, whatever it may be. But these people are just kind of representatives. They go, they tell people what God wants them to do. And they have a direct word from God. So don't get me wrong. Like God has sent these people to say, this is how you are to live. He did that to Abraham. He did that to Moses. He sent one to Joshua. And he would always use these messengers to instruct the people how they are to live. But Jesus isn't one of those messengers. He's not just simply a representative on behalf of God. Jesus, the Bible tells us, is God in the flesh, John chapter 1. And then here in Matthew chapter 1, it even says in verse 23, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so the celebration of Christmas is the celebration that God came to us to offer us salvation that the God who created everything, the one who hung the stars in the night sky right now, the one who caused the sun to set just a couple of hours ago, the one who created the air in this room that we are breathing, he entered into our circumstances. He entered into his creation to share his love for us by conquering our greatest problem which is sin. And so I want to leave you with these final words. This gift, it can be yours if you're willing to believe that God's gift of Jesus is a gift that is meant for you. That is, as we are celebrating Christmas, as we are celebrating the birth of Jesus, this is not just a universal gift that is is yours by extension of being a human being. This gift that we are celebrating, this time of year when we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that is an invitation for you to believe individually that Jesus came to die for your sin. And that if you will confess your sin and trust in him, then you will be one of the people counted amongst the people here that Jesus came to die for their sins. And so I would love nothing more this Christmas than for you to confess your sin and to trust in Jesus for the very first time.